2: Everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another Manic Monday. Let's get rolling.
0: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Right side, fires a three. He hit another. Kobe's in that place. He's in that zone. Where just leaves it behind for Kobe. Stop for a transition three and hits. Kobe Bryant with 40 for the first time since November 16, 2014. Minute 52 to play. It's 96-88. Kobe's got 49. He works the right side. Drive, floats, scores. 51 for Kobe Bryant in his 20th year of his NBA career. Fires. Hits. Holy smokes. This is incredible! This has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, You guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys.
3: It's a big show, 97.5, 12.80. The zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Joining us now in studio as well from Channel 5, of course, our good friend Jeremiah Jensen, right off the top of the show. Uh, I've got to say hi to Jeremiah first, and we, we need to get to some business with Gordon. <laughs> so Light, and, and then we will we will get down,
1: of course, to the business of the day. Uh, but Jeremiah, thanks for coming across the street, man. What's up? I appreciate it. Well, I think we all know what's up. It's yeah. been a wild 24, 36 hours. I don't know if wild's the right way to put it. It's been sh- uh, shocking, sad, and... I think we're all just kind of been trying to process this big story, that this tragic story that happened yesterday. Yeah, no
3: doubt about it. Uh, my co-host is back from Hawaii, Jeremiah. That's why I say we have some show comma business. Oh, man, to, that's t- tough. The first
1: day back from vacation is the toughest. To deal with. Oh. Uh, but
3: then he, he came back to a not so pleasant day, which I will let Gordon oh. share if he chooses to do so. But I do have to say a warm hello. How you doing? To my co-host and good friend Gordon Monson. What's up, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. It looks like you're you're wrestling with headphones. Is yeah, what it looks that, like. that sounds
4: like uh, putting a muffler on your ears. <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll try another option. It's good to see you, though. We missed you. Yeah, I missed you guys. Um, I was uh, sitting on the beach yesterday with 30 foot waves rolling in, and uh, man, man, nature is powerful in that regard. And I get a call. About Kobe, and uh, it was one of those things where you just go, "I can't believe what I just heard, you know and uh, then the Tribune asked me to, to to write a column on it, but man, it took everybody just uh i don't i i i you don't know how to respond to it really. It's a difficult thing. it's not just Kobe, it's his daughter and those other families, but obviously the fact that Kobe is the person he is in the sports world, uh, we, it, it, uh, it captures us in a way. The tragedy is no less for any of the other families, but, man, it's tough to accept.
3: No doubt about it, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about it uh, today on the show. Starting with uh, with our friend Jeremiah Jensen, and uh, Jeremiah, you heard Gordon talk a little bit about how he first uh, reacted when he heard the news. I,
1: I kind of had a similar reaction. What about you? My reaction was the same. It just first of all, you saw that pop up on Twitter, and I saw TMZ Kobe dead, and I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute, this can't be right, right. Uh, and then as, as the news developed and things started to come out, you're realizing this was real and just complete shock. Um, that's the best way to describe it. I'm um, trying to think, and nothing comes to mind of something of this magnitude in the sports world where someone who was so big, a global sports icon, honestly, Kobe is known across the globe, Right, one of the most recognizable athletes of this past generation, to be cut down in his prime of his life with so much to live for, uh, I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, and I think that's why it was so stunning for us. For me, it just—it's kind of a stark, stark uh, just a really difficult reminder of my own mortality. Um, when we think of these sports icons, it becomes—they become larger than life, right? And we don't think that something like this is going to happen to them. And the, when it did yesterday, it was—it was just so shocking. That was my reaction. Yeah, that's the word, shocking. Yeah,
3: and, and I got to admit, I, I reacted similarly mm-hmm. as the day went on, and we found out more news. I mean, your heart just breaks for the Ugh. kids, uh, for the the kids involved. That's the and, hardest part and, of it, and the families. And I, I guess that's kind of where I settled on it initially. Is that man? I just I'm I'm heartbroken for the the families left behind, and thank goodness Kobe Bryant was able to you know, it, that family will be fine for life. And, you know, of course, isn't that what we're all striving to do is take care of our loved ones, and that, that maybe is a, is a positive thought. But, you know, uh, Jeremiah, you, you brought up an interesting thought, comparable things in the world of sports. Gordon, uh, you, uh, you probably reacted to, was it Roberto Clemente, who, oh, who yeah. died in a, in a plane crash. There are lots of examples, I think, from music, from the music world. Yeah. Um, but, but kind of a comparison, I thought, was, uh, was maybe Elvis, how it was sudden and and somebody that iconic and then i saw somebody yesterday bring up uh, maybe a comparison to princess di and i thought those are all kind of
0: from John other Lennon's another one. right from yeah. other
3: parts of of life i mean i guess the point is that is somebody so iconic and impactful on society that it, everybody feels it in in one way or another and yet the vulnerability
4: that comes with the story no matter how famous you are no matter how accomplished you are no matter how wealthy you are you're still in the human condition, and things can happen. And uh, yeah, I mean this. This is uh, well. We're all reacting appropriately to it now. Uh, some people have had some problems saying, "Hey, he's not a hero. He's not. Don't don't put him up on a pedestal or anything like that." Well, I mean, I, I'm not putting Kobe on a pedestal because of his behavior. Although I think as he matured, he became much more grateful, much more uh, appreciative of the opportunity that he was created for him and that he created for himself. But what he accomplished is just off the charts. I mean, in our lifetimes, how many guys in basketball or in any sport? I mean, you'd have to put Kobe in the top, any sport, you'd have to probably put him in what, the top 40 of, of Ever, all sports combined?
1: I mean, when if, if we're measuring competitiveness, he's got to be in my top 10 of all time. He was just a relentless yeah. competitor. I mean, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, you have to go to those big names to think of people that were more competitive in their sport and better masters of their craft than Kobe Bryant. I mean, Bryant. he was so relentless when it came to competitiveness. Um, I remember 2005, I was a new reporter at KSL, and it was the game where Devin Brown, air quotes, fouled right. Kobe Bryant. I the remember the this game, game
3: well, uh, very well.
1: And, and it, was, it was awful. Jazz fans thought they had a win, and Kobe makes two free throws, game goes to overtime, Lakers win, and we all know how much we hate the Lakers here, right? So it was just a painful loss, and, and, um, and Brown was sitting in the locker room and, and talked about how he didn't foul him and stuff. So I, I did that I went over to the Lakers locker room, I was young. I don't even know if he, was, he had already done availability or whatever. I, I was too naive to know. So I walk over. I wanted to get his reaction to what Devin Brown said. And So I asked Kobe. He says, Devin Brown said he didn't foul you. And Kobe looks at me, and he gets this big grin on his face. He goes, he said, what? He said he didn't foul me? And I says, that's what he said. He says, no, man. He fouled the hell out of me. <laughs> like, we all saw the game. Now, <laughs> if, if you wanted to call it a foul... That's fine. It would have been a ticky-tack foul, but okay, call it a foul. He did not no foul the hell out of Kobe Bryant, but in Kobe's mind, he he fouled the hell out of him. And he was so relentless a competitor that even in that moment, just having a one-on-one conversation with the reporter, he refused to accept anything less than what he in his mind determined what happened in that moment. And that was he he wanted to get fouled to win the game. Mamba mentality. That's how relentless of a competitor he was. And that's what I'm going to remember Kobe Bryant for. Love him or hate him, he was one of the greatest competitors in sports history. I'm going to remember him as being respectful. My interactions with him, I'm with you,
3: JJ. Yeah. We came up a similar time. Maybe yeah. I was just a touch earlier, but it... it the my interactions with him always were, uh, professionally, he'd always answer your questions. He'd never make you, you feel dumb. Yeah. He wasn't those guys. I mean, we all ask bad questions from time to time, even the great Gordon Monson, San Bernardino <laughs> right now. And uh, to be treated you know, respectfully, I, I thought I was – because he – Listen, a vi- like a visiting locker room, Jeremiah. You know, you clamber to get to the stars, right? So yeah. everybody else is you're standing around. It's the most awkward thing in the entire world. I don't know how to explain it, but you're you're looking at these NBA players, and you're like, you know what? You're not really good enough for me to talk to. I'm gonna go ahead and wait for the people worth talking to. So everybody waited for Kobe all yeah. the time, and he was always completely respectful. He he. Uh, would say, hey guys, just wait a minute, and, and those, he, he always got it, and I always appreciated that because we have a job to do too, and that's
1: not always understood, and certainly didn't have to be by somebody like him. I think Kobe had, he carried himself with a lot of respect. He had respect for other people. <laughs> he had respect for the jobs they had to do. He was interested in what they were doing. He was interested in the job that they had to do and learning about it, and I think you saw that once he retired, his, his emphasis at that point, he, he turned his attention to storytelling. He wanted to, to make short films and, and do different things like that. He, he appreciated what we do, which I thought that says a lot about him that he would take an interest in that and, and, and find it interesting. But he showed that respect. And I, I think, I want, I, like you, I want to give him credit for that because when we, countless times, we got in scrums and everything, and he was always very thoughtful and he really gave thought to what he was saying. He never just. Gave a casual answer, and so that tells you a lot about Kobe, his intellect, and and how he took everything so seriously.
4: Yep, I didn't get a chance to uh, read my good friend Bill Plasky's column in its totality on Kobe, but he was suggesting uh, that uh, this doesn't happen to Kobe Bryant, right? You know, this a guy who had such a great basketball career, but he already was heading into all kinds of different territories. And uh, just expected to live out a very full life. And do you see the video clip? I think we might even have the sound of it. When Kobe was being interviewed about why he was using a helicopter to get around Los Angeles. And anybody who's ever lived in Los Angeles, you take the 405 or you take not
3: Let's not go down that road. But, yeah, there's traffic. We Uh, get it.
4: Yeah, there's traffic. And so he lived down in Orange County and he was getting up and and doing his business with the Lakers. And he said the reason he did the helicopter thing was so he could spend more time with his family. Wow, what a cruel irony that is. I mean, he said, yeah, his wife apparently said, I'll pick the kids up from school. And he said when he was home off of road trips, he wanted to pick up the kids. He wanted to be able to do that just to spend 20 minutes in the car with him. And that's why he was avoiding traffic via the helicopter. So that that's that's kind of a cruel twist to the whole thing.
3: Well, it's something that hits close to home in in our business. And I'm not. We have just by saying that we have a unique schedule. Right, Jeremy? Yeah. You you work a lot of nights. <laughs> we nights, all, weekends, we, absolutely. Right, and it's so tough. just during your free moment, wanting to be able to do something as simple as picking your kid the highlight up from of my
1: day is taking my kids to school. Yeah, I, I mean, and I don't that get to see them
3: again the rest of the day. Right. And that's, that's something I think we a lot of us out there and probably a lot of our listeners can identify with. And, and you know, to add on to what you're saying, Gordon, he was just – he was with his daughter. They were going to a, a basketball – they were going to a basketball game. And, I think they were going – if I'm not
4: mistaken on this, they were going to the Mamba Academy. They were, correct. Mm-hmm. And I have some, some – you know, my son-in-law went to the Mamba Academy to train uh, for football. And met Kobe and uh, operated in that facility for the better part. of, I think it was like a couple months, and so I don't know. Kobe uh, just doing doing family stuff. He was doing it, it was the it was the uh, uh, you could compare it to you and I taking a minivan and our kids and taking them down to a soccer game or something. You know, it was maybe a little grander. But uh, he was just being a dad.
1: One of the most fascinating things about Kobe was watching him mature from the time he was 18 years old, entering the NBA, to where he was uh, up to this point, where he unfortunately passed away. Was early on, he, he was abrasive with his teammates. He was kind of an he kind of isolated himself. And then he went through the whole trial and everything with the sexual assault, and you, you you remember that Kobe. But then by the end of it, we saw a different Kobe. And then after basketball, we, we start to see Kobe Bryant, the father, Kobe Bryant, the family man. Think about that transition that he made, that growth that he went on. And we kind of watched him do it, which was fascinating to watch and see. Um, quite a change and quite a transformation that he made from the time he entered the NBA as kind of an immature 18-year-old that thought he was going to own the world. And to see him where he was at the point where he was now where Everything that mattered to him—the only thing that mattered to him—was his family. And I think he had a um,
3: a recommitment to religion, if I'm not right, uh, wrong either, where he re uh, like uh, refound his Catholic faith and. Poured himself into his family and those. I mean, it's I, I guess just adding on to what you were saying, Jeremiah. The the career arc. Yeah. And he had an interesting relationship with jazz fans, of course, a, a, yeah. a competitive one. There's there's no doubt about it. I remember um, during in a playoff series where he criticized jazz fans for criticizing Derek Fisher and that whole thing. <laughs> that was an interesting uh, yeah. pregame, but it all culminated, Jeremiah. And I, I believe you were there la- that night, if memory serves, his last night in in Utah. I not was. his not his last game. But his last night in Utah, where the Jazz did the video, which you can find online, and uh, Gale uh, had a moment, and yeah. uh, he had a moment with Jerry Sloan, and that night was really special in kind of a a tip of the cap kind of way, if that makes any sense. But a little more endearing than that. But anyway, talk about that from your
1: perspective. It was he he understood the moment, so it was interesting. Kobe Bryant, you know, it, I, I talked about his competitiveness, but in that night there was. When you play a team for 20 years, and you have a, I guess I'll call it a relationship with an opposing fan base for 20 years, there were so many times where it was heated, and jazz fans love to hate Kobe Bryant, and I think Kobe enjoyed that, and he appreciated that, and by the time he was done, when you're realizing, this is the last time I'm going to have to do this, I think he had a, a moment where he was really introspective, and he appreciated what that moment was to come here for the final time and play in front of those fans that he respected. He respected Jazz fans. He knew they knew the game of basketball. They brought it every time he came here. And he loved that competitiveness that they had with him. And I remember that was the one thing that stood out to me, asking him about playing in front of Jazz fans for the last time, was he really showed appreciation for the fans here. And it felt mutual. And I'll never forget the moment at the end where he he hits his chest, pounding on his heart, and he points to the crowd. That was the last time he played in this building. He walked out of the building that way. He, he checked out of the game that way. And it was kind of, again, we talk about arcs from the time when he he th- threw up those air balls against the Jazz in the playoffs in nineteen ninety seven, and for that twenty year run to finish that way with him saluting the Jazz fans was a really fascinating ending to what was quite a rivalry and like for said, a period of two decades everything
4: in between jazz fans hated the guy you know right. sports hate but, it a and little, he respected it and it, he enjoyed it it, 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 it it transcended that a little bit at times you know when, uh, when some of the off the court stuff was going on but I can't think of a player who was, who was held in that kind of negative esteem. Right. <laughs> What's the word? I don't know. I don't know if hate is the word, but it's uh I can't think of anybody who is less popular in this arena than Kobe Bryant. And yet, in all of that, anybody who watched him play had to respect his the fire. I mean, that's and I think when you have that his kind of ability, that's really what separates these guys. Yeah. Cuz there are a number of players, all-stars in the NBA, who, who have ability like that but they they don't have that drive and in that way i think kobe really emulated mj
3: no doubt i agree
1: how uh, many athletes have won five championships and an oscar
3: none i'm guessing think about oh, that. Well, one obviously i mean zero other than kobe
1: that's how i we got to give him credit whether you love him or hate him what a remarkable life to live where you were able to accomplish those two things.
3: In 41 was, short years. He was yeah. kind yeah.
1: of a renaissance guy.
3: Yeah, you no know? doubt. Well, he was always smart. Spoke how many languages? Yeah, a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeremiah, we can't thank you enough for coming by. It's I great, to, great to see you in person and, and yeah, get your perspective on the whole thing. We appreciate it. You got it. All right, we uh, we've got a busy day on the big show. Uh, here's the uh, here's the schedule for you. Kristen Kinney is going to join us at three fifty. Howard Beck, who covered the beginning of Kobe's career uh, on a beat basis, and then of course uh, the superstar from afar. Uh, he's at the top of the four o'clock hour. Matt Harpering's at four thirty, and Mark Madsen, the Uvu head basketball coach, who of course was teammates with uh, Kobe Bryant, will join us at five twenty. It's all straight ahead on the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the zone. Slow mo.
0: The Joe Engel Show with DJ and PK. PK.
1: I'm wondering, when you're playing this well, does the way Quinn interact with the team change at all?
0: He's the same guy today that he is six years ago when he first got the job. And That's hard to do, to stay so focused and determined to keep this franchise going and obviously heading in the right direction. And Obviously, everyone that's watched closely for the six years Quinn's been here, he's a big part of this massive change that's happened. A lot is the culture and what he does and what he brings and what he stands for. Utah is lucky to have him and and hopefully he's well he just extended, didn't he? So he's yeah he's here for a bit longer. Oh yeah. Catch Jazz Man Joe Ingalls with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network
3: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today, Jay-Z, one of Kobe's favorites, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts, buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. We have a big day on the big show scheduled for you, of course. Uh, centered around the big news of the day, the passing of Kobe Bryant. Christian Kinney will be with us at 3.50 in our next segment. Howard Beck at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Matt Harpering at 4.30. And Mark Madsen will join us at uh, at 5.20. And, Gordon, I I love the guest list that Austin has set up today because we're going to get really... A lot, all perspectives actually on on what's going on here. We've got Howard, who covered Kobe on the beat for the first, I think, seven years of Kobe's career, and then of course uh, from a national perspective as uh, as an NBA writer for the remaining. Uh, Matt Harpering, an opponent of Kobe Bryant, at four thirty and uh, somebody who had a relationship with him, and then Mark Madsen, one of his teammates, at 5'20". So I'm excited that we're getting all those perspectives today, and I'm excited to get your perspective as well, Gordon, uh, because you uh, covered Kobe for for many, many years. Do you recall that
4: Mark Madsen, um, for all his good features, good attributes, couldn't dance a lick? Nope,
3: not a dancer. But he gave it a shot. He did you know, give it a shot. He put himself out he there. He did put himself could out there. Could
0: either of you danced better?
3: No. Yes. Not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm putting it out there, yes. Yes, I could have. But, but it wasn't right. the waltz, Jake. I can do the waltz. Also. I know. That's... I took ballroom dance in college. With all the weddings you've been to. I can waltz, I'm, man. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Can you do all the other... All of them, yes, true. Like, all, every single, one all every the,
4: single one. What's the one the kids all do when they're when they're uh, when, twerking? When, the, no. the
3: twist Would, is what no, the kids no, are no, doing. The, these, the Charleston?
4: Yeah. No, what are the kids doing when they show them on the
3: jumbo tr- on the uh, on the big screen in the uh, arena? It's, it's the mashed potato. That thing
4: when they go between they put their Oh, own. the Cabbage Patch.
3: <laughs> it's the floss, I believe, is what you're referring the floss? to. There, Gordon, I believe it's referred to as the floss. Like in a towel. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. Yeah. what exactly if Lawson All right. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's I sure <laughs> missed you. I did too. You know what? We really did miss you, by the way. <laughs> I hope it's just things just start to say uh, I hope you guys had a good week. Oh uh, yeah, we did. It, it is funny how many people come back come back and say, Oh, I'm sorry, and I say, Oh, what? Sorry for what? And they say, Oh, well, Gordon's coming back Monday, right? More than one person came said, up and said, said that. Yeah. I'm so
4: sorry that uh-huh. he's returning. Or
3: how do you deal with him every day? Yeah, I think that's more what they're saying. They're just, uh, they're just teasing. And Jake said a lot of drinking. <laughs> Self-medication over <laughs> exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Uh, no, but we we missed you tremendously. Are you kidding? Uh-huh. We're glad you're back. Yeah, the show the, isn't the same without you. It's the great thing about our jobs.
4: Uh, when we go on vacation, we actually look forward to coming home.
3: Uh I had kind of a weird return when I got back from my trip last week where I had Dennis Lindsay in my first segment. Uh, just, you know, a huge interview right off the bat. No no time to shake off the rust. And uh, with you, you come back to, um, and, and this is kind of how I'll, I'll segue into the topic of the day. These are really difficult shows on sports radio. Not really because we have any sort of personal attachment to Kobe Bryant. We've both had interactions with him, but far from at least me calling us uh, friends or acquaintances, but it is one of those things where you you need to handle the situation appropriately, and especially in a market like this where uh, jazz fans had a complicated relationship with Kobe yeah, Bryant throughout yeah. the years, and it's 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 certainly not an easy show for you to return to from vacation.
4: No, I, and but it's it's I'll tell you, life is tough sometimes, really really difficult, and when you take all things uh, consider all things that are involved in this kind of story. It, and this kind of stuff goes on all the time. It doesn't happen to Kobe Bryant and his family all the time, but it it happens to a lot of people and it just makes you stop and and think deep thoughts. yeah, but I don't know the thing i that I hesitate about this kind of thing is we all we all like to tell stories about our relationship with said individual and it's not really about us, it's about him, it's about his family uh and so the connect the connection between us and him is just a few conversations that we've had right you know it it, it doesn't define him, you know it, uh but it's our connection. And maybe fans feel that way too sometimes when they get a chance to meet one of these players or a great player uh they they make that connection and they don't forget it, they remember it. And so today is a day of remembering. That's all I've been doing for the past 24 hours. And I was in in Hawaii. And I'm sitting there literally on a freaking beach watching these monstrous waves roll in. And I was thinking about Kobe Bryant and his family. And it's funny. It's not funny, but it's interesting that this story, it's not just Hawaii. I mean, this was kind of a global story. Uh, it still Co- is. Very Co- much. Kobe, very well known around the world uh, because a sports figure of that magnitude, of that charisma uh, is is well known and people are drawn to him. It's just one of those things where you just can't believe it. When I first heard it, I, I, it was one of those moments in time where I will always remember how and where I heard that. And we talked earlier about some of the shocking moments that we've experienced in our lives, news about other people. And you do. You remember where you were. You remember who told you. You remember the details of that moment. And uh, I think a lot of people felt kind of that way yesterday.
3: Real quick, uh, we do have some breaking news coming from the NBA. I'll just read right from the release here. The National Basketball Association game between the Los Angeles Lakers and the L.A. Clippers scheduled for Tuesday, January 28th at Staples Center has been postponed. The decision was made out of respect for the Lakers organization, which is deeply grieving the tragic loss of Lakers legend Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven other people in a helicopter crash on Sunday. The game will be rescheduled at a later date. Two schools of thought on that. The first one is, you're
4: darn right. The whole organization needs some time. Uh, on the other hand, if if I'm channeling Kobe Bryant, right, I'm I'm thinking he would be looking forward to the competition that that kind of game would 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 spawn. You know, I would want time to to uh, to think things through. You know, and I think. That's
3: nothing wrong with that at all. I'm a little conflicted. I'm I'm with you. I'm glad they played games yesterday. I know that was a little bit controversial, but um, I I think in that spirit that Kobe Bryant would have wanted games played. And I I really thought that some of the, um, you know, the dedications to him with the shot clock violation and the backcourt violations, I thought those were... Uh, were pretty neat, Trey Young and what he did with his number. I mean, I thought all of that was appropriate. You couldn't help but look at somebody like Tyson Chandler and really feel for him because he he lost a friend but was still playing. I know Carmelo Anthony was in that same boat, but I'm glad they they played games. this I, I think is a little bit different because the Lakers organization is you know the one I think most impacted by this whole thing and they're the ones I think you should be allowed to. Mm, decide what's appropriate for their organization and what's not. I mean, don't forget that their general manager Rob Palinka was Kobe's agent. I mean, the the they're just so intertwined. I think I would have respected any decision, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm glad that the Lakers were the ones that were allowed to make it. Does that does that make sure. sense? Yeah. So I guess that's where I'm at. And you know what? A Laker Clipper game, they can reschedule that. No problem. Yeah, I mean that's not going to be that's not going to be challenging to reschedule. So well, if they, that's how they feel, then I, that's perfectly appropriate in my opinion. Play in the same building, right?
4: I think they can figure it out. Yeah,
3: I you know if other thoughts of Kobe
4: Bryant. One is, did you see the message that he had passed along to to uh, LeBron James? When His he, final
3: tweet when mm-hmm.
4: he yeah, I mean wasn't that a cool tweet? You know keep advancing the game essentially i'm paraphrasing here but that's it's kind of a visionary thing to say yeah kobe who was an arrogant competitor and a proud man essentially saying hey yeah you passed me and you're advancing the
3: game and, and the game that uh, that he was so fond of so it's pretty cool and then one thing I, I did want to mention, too, because Kobe, I think why this is so delicate is because Kobe was not a perfect man. And, you know, if you think uh, throughout history, Gordon, mo- uh, most women and men that made a true impact on this world were far, far, far from perfect and all had problems and mistakes. And, you know, it. in fact, some of the people that were made the most impact on this world were the most flawed people of all. And so I think, you know, as we process the entire impact of Kobe Bryant, it is grand And for people who sometimes get hung up on the mistakes. It's just, it's just that's what humans are. That's what humans do. Well, when I sat down to write uh, the column yesterday,
4: um, I, I thought, okay, what exactly do I want to talk about here? I wanted to make it uh, personal, but I, I didn't think it was the time to bring up every little indiscretion or every big indiscretion or every possible big indiscretion in Kobe's life. I mean, let history and let folks figure that out for themselves. A good friend of mine covered all of that trial in Colorado. He moved to Colorado. During the whole thing? Yeah, he mm-hmm. worked for the L.A. Times. And he moved to Colorado to cover that whole thing. And that was huge down in Los Angeles. was Big everywhere, you know. So... I don't know whether anybody has the, all the information on that, but uh, I'm not sure that right now is the time to consider it.
3: Alright, coming up next we're going to talk to Kristen Kenny of at and Sportsnet Howard Beck will be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour Matt Harpring uh, will be on the show at 5.30 and uh, Mark Madsen will be on the show at 5.20 so make sure and stay tuned for that. We do want to remind you about our good friends at Zero Res. Get them a call. Uh, give them a call today where they've got throwback pricing for just $89.95 if you get three rooms of carpet clean scheduled today with Zero Res online at ZeroRedSaltLake.com. More straight ahead. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Look
0: at this Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. This market, Tony, I think is unique to the Kobe Bryant journey. We had the privilege of seeing one of the top five talents to ever lace it up at least two times a season right here in Salt Lake City. And then the playoff matchups that all wrapped up in a poetic, beautiful moment where, yeah, the Jazz were the team against him when he finished his career with 60 points at Staples Center.
1: You have great memories, whether it was a heartbreak and a finish or whether it was an exhilarating Jazz win and the way Kobe competed and fought. really something special to be around and Kobe's performances were fun but the rivalry and the competition and the fact that the fans got to feel like they were a part of that competition in the good ways is a thing of beauty and something I think we'll miss forever
0: Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network
3: Joe Gordon Monson Jake Scott 975 and 1280 the Zone let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line Lee phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for 99.99 visit the Sprint store nearest you she uh, is on the broadcast of course for AT&T SportsNet for the Utah Jazz she's our good friend Kristen Kenny hi Kristen how are you today
2: hey how's it going guys hey, we're doing
3: all right these days. Uh, you know, these types of days on the air are a little bit uh, difficult sometimes, mm. but also compelling because this is a, not only a, a big sports story, but it's a, a big worldwide story, and everybody kind of has that interest. So it's it's one of those complicated things. How how do you view a day like today?
2: Yeah, it, it hits really hard. I mean, getting the news yesterday, you're pretty much in shock, kind of the – message from all of the guys today after shoot around just a feeling of shock um, and then today becoming more real and um, so today was a heavy day showing up to zbbc nine thirty 9.30 meeting um, president of the jazz uh, addressed um, the the devastating news of kobe and his daughter and the other family um, and you know that's when it really hit and um, flooded with memories and what he's done for the, for the league, for our generation of players, um, and like you said, the world. So it's such an impact. And you guys uh, heard from Rudy and, and Ed and Donovan and Coach today, and heavy day.
4: What's your take on the way younger players view Kobe Bryant? Uh, what, what sense did you get through your prism?
2: I think you know for me too because I grew up watching Kobe and um he was the MJ of this generation for these guys he was the person that they knew you Rudy said that he knew Kobe it was Kobe LeBron same with Donovan Kobe and Bron Donovan was always a, a Bron fan so didn't it, Really like Kobe on the court back in the, <laughs> when he was on the court, but um, yeah, those are the guys that they watch and emulate it. And I think what really resonates with so many people is even beyond the sport of basketball is the the amount of work um, he put into his craft, and whether or not that's in the sport of basketball or whether or not that's in you know any profession that resonates with people, just the grind mentality and how much he was a master and, and put into that, to what he loved. And you could feel that, and everybody talked about that. Um, and, yeah, it just transcended so many different generations, and they are who they are because of a player like that, you know?
3: And I understand he actually had an impact on your life. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, I, I it's, it's something that's... Um, hit me more today this morning when I was thinking about it because I unfortunately wasn't in the NBA to cover Kobe when he was playing and um, I had just come on with the Jazz right after his retirement so the beginning of 2016-17 season but before I even got into sports I was at public broadcasting in Orlando and I was sitting at a sandwich shop um, right across the Grand Bohemian and nobody was in the sandwich shop except for myself, and across uh, Kobe Bryant. And I just remember kind of like feeling, whoa, this is crazy. My heart was sinking, like really nervous. Like, I can't believe it's Kobe Bryant. How do I play it cool? (laughs) Um, And I was, you know, studying and and doing a lot of work like I normally do and working on a variety of different things and really trying to get into sports at that time. But my first job was in public broadcasting and um, we ended up having a nice conversation that felt like, I think it was like a 10 minute conversation just about work ethic um, and about the grind and uh, believing in yourself and your strengths and, and hustling. Um, and it was pretty amazing. He was so down to earth and just approachable. And um, I, that memory is more vivid on today and, you know, going through this and it just, was shocking to me that somebody of that stature would would take the time to offer that guidance and to say to me i believe in myself and and push through and keep writing my notes as i do and studying and and always learning and working hard um so that that's something that hit me today and i'll remember that forever
4: One of the cool aspects to Kobe was his emphasis on his own family and his kids and the way he wanted to spend time with them. That resonates with all of us. Whether we're single Mm -hmm. or married or have kids or don't have kids, that's just a nice sentiment.
2: Yeah, it's um, really hard knowing that his daughter was with him and how close they were and what the family must be going through. And um, being a family person and – myself like i i don't have kids but um i've experienced loss i've experienced loss my dad and you know it's it's moments like this where it brings people together knowing that you just never know something so routine right um he was always on a that was his commute that was what he (laughs) that's how he got around and something so routine and something can just happen at any given moment and it does put it into perspective that you know family is uh is everything um close friends are everything and to love the people around you and don't take it for granted. Um, it's, it's moments like this that remind me more of that and maybe trigger memories from the past of, you know, dealing with loss and grief. And at this time, every you know, a lot of people are grieving. A lot of Coach Quinn Snyder and the relationship that he had with Kobe and, you know, our players, Ed um, in particular, talking about that today. So people are grieving and it's just important to really appreciate the time we have.
4: It's nowhere near as important, certainly not as meaningful as life itself, but wanted to ask you, uh, since we have you on, about what you're seeing from the Jazz uh, in the way that they are pursuing to fulfill their potential the way Kobe did. I mean, it's it's been pretty impressive what uh, the way they've been competing.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a common thread, and it's interesting if you look at the coach spent a time with Kobe and the kind of mindset can be, maybe you can draw some similarities between the two of them about just the work ethic and the focus and the commitment and hearing stories from ed today about how locked in he was and you'd show up for practices expecting it to be maybe, uh, an hour, but then they go for two hours, three. <laughs> so it's, it's a, it's just a passion, a commitment. And you see that with our guys, you see that starting from the top and working its way down. Um, Today, the guys were saying that, you know, Kobe would be out there, out there playing, out there competing, out there hustling. So I think that's really how, you know, you look at how you approach a game um, coming off of something like this and how you get your mind right for a game. And the guys are saying, hey, this is he'd be out there competing and would want that and would want to battle and play hard and and put the work in. So I think that's what's getting them through. I think. Um, that's the work ethic, that the jazz that Coach Quinn Snyder instilled in his players, and they've embraced it. It's pretty amazing to see that.
3: Well, Kristen, thank you very much, as always, for jumping on the show. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch you on the broadcast tonight.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Kristen. Kristen Kane, uh, Kinney, AT&T Sportsnet. Her interview uh, today brought to you by our friends at Divi. Divi, the modern financial platform for business, so you can spend smarter. Get divvy.com. That whole idea
4: about the way
3: people compete. Jake you've heard me say it a
4: thousand times that that's how that's why that's how I fell in love with sports in the first place. to what what's worse than seeing people go out and just lollygagging, you know? And that certainly wasn't what Kobe did. And uh, I think Christian uh, was on to something. it's it's not the way the jazz play. Uh, I love that sense of competitiveness. I don't need to see it necessarily off the court. Like when you and I come in here and you're always wanting to look at what I'm wearing and see how what you're wearing compares to it. I constantly do that. That kind of competition I could do with that. But on the court, on the field, on the
3: diamond, uh, that's what makes these guys great. And I love it. Can't get enough of that. Well, man, if you didn't like if you don't like lollygagging, you must have really hated the 2019 <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies. Seriously, what an embarrassment. Coming up <laughs> they next. Were, they know what that makes them. Lollygaggers. Uh, Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report is going to join the show, but Howard also uh, covered Kobe on the Laker beat for the first seven years of his career, and Howard has just a terrific piece up at the Bleacher Report uh, talking about covering Kobe's entire career. Very excited to talk to him coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280
0: The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want.
1: I don't think that there's a time since maybe 97, 98, where I look at a team and say a championship is within reach. And I know we want to be really careful about talking about that. And I get that. But I think it's time we start allowing that to be part of the conversation because sometimes when we address this team, we talk about this is a team that could make it to the Western Conference Finals. Well, I think it's okay to talk about making it to the NBA Finals. I don't think we need to be scared about talking about that. And I'm not saying that, you know, if they don't make it to the NBA, finals it's a disappointment but i think it's also okay to say you know what this is a team capable of doing that would i pick the jazz to beat the lakers in a seven game series i don't know but the fact that i don't know right now means that the jazz have a pretty good chance
0: catch hans and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network